Podkiss 156. Fits like a glove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and I am joined by the ever-wonderful Gary Schaller. I mean, I didn't join you. Yes, you did. Your parents joined you. I mean, I just, I'm just podcasting with you. <laughs> the urge to merge, you know. Oh, I like that. All right. Fair enough. You have joined us today. You are here with our listeners and friends that make up the wonderful podcast listeners and friends. We want to thank everybody out there for being part of it. Before we get going too far, I'd like to send a shout-out to Lee, Des, and Adam, the folks over at History Science Theater 3000, as their show is going to undergo a new development. And we've been with you guys, and they've always given the podcast tons of love. And we just want to say that we will miss you talking about our favorite soap opera, Kiss. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But we look forward to what you have to do. And we are excited to see where you guys go. And we are with you. I know that they've announced that they're wrapping up History Science Theater, but have they made clear what they're doing now? Well, they're going to be doing their David Bowie cast. They're going to be doing another thing based on other things that they love and things that we all love. So just stick with KST because they're far from over. And they know what they're doing. Yeah, remember that song, Far From Over, from Staying Alive by Sylvester Stallone's brother, Frank Stallone, sang it? The great Frank Stallone? Yeah, the well, there's only one Frank. When when a person says Frank Stallone, it's implied that it's the great Frank Stallone. Yes. Understood. Great song. <laughs> Jesus. What a weird movie. That was the sequel. Am I right? Yeah, that Saturday was the Night sequel Fever to Saturday Night Fever. Fe- yeah. And yeah. it was, and of all people to head it up, it was Sylvester Stallone that took over. Yeah. And yeah. I can't not watch it. You know what I mean? If, if it comes on somewhere, I'm, I'm down. I, I, I have to stop everything I'm doing. That's your Xanadu? It possibly could. Well, it, it, it's, it's up there, right? Right. It's a jo- it's a jolly movie, right? It's like you don't have to think too hard. It's easy. You purposely don't want to think too hard. <laughs> it <laughs> makes the entertainment level go straight through right. the roof. Right. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about what Gene and Paul are doing on their summer vacation. No, uh, well, in a way, I guess it is because right now this is one of the years that Kiss is kind of a bit more dormant than usual. Right, and it ain't because they're done. Apparently, they're gearing up for like a, a years-long tour, if I'm hearing rumors correctly. Yeah, but, Gene even said something about a three-year tour, but that could yeah. just be hyperbole. Who knows? You know, we will see. It'll all unfold. 
But we look forward to that and seeing what happens with Kiss, the next part of the soap opera. The greatest soap opera in rock, right? Nice. Yes. Yes. The Beatles were the greatest love story. Kiss is the greatest soap opera. Yeah. We love it as well. Uh, if if the Beatles were the, the greatest love story in rock, would Kiss be the greatest adult Cinemax show that you watch <laughs> through your blurry cable connection? Remember when you get Scramble Vision? Yeah. A Kiss is the Silk Stockings, if, if people remember that show. Stockings, <laughs> S-T- S-T-A-L-K-I-N-G-S. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Silk Stockings. That was some softcore porn for the 90s. So while we wait for Kiss to go on tour... Gene is still doing the the vaults, and that's fantastic. And Paul is painting and getting ready. He's doing his art shows. And he's also doing some amazing, what do you want to say, excavations of the KISS warehouse. While he's there, he's been finding some really cool stuff. And, you know, he found the the original KISS t-shirt the other day. Did you see that? No, I missed that. Oh my god, yeah, Paul, you know, instead of putting Starbucks on Twitter, he's now putting stuff that he's finding in the KISS warehouse. He's like a, what would be a KISS archaeologist, a KISSologist? What, what? Uh, yeah, no, I think that that works, yeah. Uh, a historian. Yes, yeah, so Paul's been going through stuff in the KISS warehouse, and he found the original KISS t-shirt that was made. There's that picture of them where they're all in the early version of their makeup and Paul's wearing a t-shirt that says kiss. He found that this is on Twitter. Yeah. It's on Twitter. It's on his, it's on Paul Stanley's Facebook. It's, it's everywhere. All right. I got to check that out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But the thing that blew my mind though. Yes. Right. So he, he comes out with this, he unearthed an acoustic tape and, and he posted a picture of the cover of it. Wicked Lester, August 7th. 1971. So these are all demos, you know, just the fellows strumming away. These are early versions of these songs, you know, some of which became songs that are near and dear to us. Paul Stanley posted this on his Twitter. He posted this picture of a tape box cover, and he wrote, Just found my original one quarter inch reel to reel Wicked Lester demo tape of all of our songs, 1971. And look at the last names of the songwriters. You like my quarter inch, real to real. <laughs> and all the money, honey, it could make. Oh, you know? And he, he made a point to say, look look at the writing credits. Look who wrote all of these, right? Mm-hmm. So every single one of them is either written or co-written by uh, Klein or Eisen. We know who those are. Mm-hmm. Right? So there are folks who are really in the know when it comes to Wicked Lester. I'm not one of them. But I wonder where this sits in the timeline of, of what that band was up to, right? I'm assuming. Do you know when they, when Wicked Lester recorded, you know, recorded for their album? Well, Gary, according to the wonderful people on the internet and Kiss FAQ and Kiss Monster and all that stuff, it says that Wicked Lester would later become Kiss, but in 1970 they were known as Rainbow. And the two notable members were bassist Gene Klein and rhythm guitarist Stanley Eisen. Of course, they later adopted the stage names of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. In 1971, the band changed their name to Wicked Lester. And they recorded an album for Epic Records that was never officially released. But it was epic. Yeah, it was epic. You know, I used to think like uh, 
I'd listen to Cheap Tricks live at Budokan. It would say, welcome epic recording artist, Cheap Trick. And I thought, even though I knew... <laughs> even though I knew they were on epic records, I thought they were saying, like, this band is epic. And they were, you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> still are, still are. Right. We all know the story that Wicked Lester's music lacked that rock and roll vision that Simmons and Stanley had. And they began forming a new band in late 72, which brought us to Kiss. So, Right, and, and so wait, I'm looking here. I have, I have this thing where it says when they recorded, and if it's correct, right? So they, they recorded in the spring of 1972. Some, actually, they, they did some tracks in November of 1971. So this predates, if, if I'm not mistaken, this tape predates them actually recording their album in Electric Lady. Right. We also see that uh, Steve Cornell's here. Yep. And as we as we go through the track by track of the tape that we've yet to hear, but want to desperately. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about who wrote what and which songs we've heard up till now. Okay. All right. So we so we start with "I'll See You Tonight," a song we all know and love, written by Klein. Mm-hmm. Or Simmons for those who are not in the know. Yeah, this is very one of the cool things about it. We can tell that as of 1971, August 7th, they had not turned into Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons yet. So, yeah, so so we know this song from Gene's 78 solo album. So it goes back to 1971. This is amazing. It's so cool seeing this, right? Savvy podcast listeners, devoted podcast listeners, will remember that this is my favorite of the four solo albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Track two, Leaving for the Sun, written by yeah. Edison. If this isn't a Beatlesy song title, I don't know what is, right? Mm-hmm. Or like a actually it's a really Pink Floyd sounding title. Yeah. Well all of these none of these sounds like Kiss songs for the most part, right? That's for sure. Yeah. Except the ones that actually wound up in the KISS realm of things. Number three, first time around, written by Eisen. I mean, just the idea that this is them with an acoustic guitar or whatever, that really early, raw Gene and Paul vocal. I love the Wicked Lester stuff. If I haven't said that enough, any of that early pre-Kiss, proto-Kiss stuff, just mm-mm-mm. So good. Track four, about her, credited to Klein and Cornell. Five, Eskimo Sun by Klein. Now, this song later would go through a bunch of permutations and eventually turn into Only You from The Elder. And this is on the Gene Simmons vault box set. Right. And I can't think of this. I don't know if you have the same thing, but I can't think of this song without seeing Gene and Paul sitting side by side on the uh, Kiss Exposed video cassette. Mm-hmm. Right. Where uh, they're talking about th- their early days as singer songwriters and Paul's poking fun at playfully, I think, poking fun at Gene singing. I love Eskimos. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? You know oh, that? absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Track six is Sweet Flora from Eisen. That's interesting, right? Because here's a song, possibly, right, inspired by Gene's mom, Flora, mm-hmm. written by Paul. Yeah, right? it's interesting. Yeah. Track seven, Keep Me Waiting, another song by Eisen. A well-known Wicked Lester song that was, you know, circulating as early as, I think, you know, late 80s, early 90s. If if you're one of those people who, you know, like me, would scoop up anything that 
that was a cassette that had Kiss written on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this made its way to some of those really early Wicked Lester recordings that 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 got out to the public. Not this version, though. You know, the, the Wicked Lester version that was recorded in late 71, early 72, but not this. Mm-hmm. Track 8, She Knows, written by Klein. I know Eskimo Sun's on the vault, right? Yeah. But not She Knows. Track 9, I'm a New Man, by Klein. 10, Suter, yeah. by Eisen. Suter! <laughs> That's what, you know, popped yeah. through my head, too. Track 11, She Goes Down. <laughs> that really sounds like one that should have been on, like, Animalize. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know it. You, you know, it's probably like, you know, it sounds like she goes down, you know, something really uh, mellow. She goes Beatles. down to the bus stop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she goes down to the corner store and gets, to wait, you know. To wait in the rain. Like, we're thinking Spinal Tap when it's really the Thamesman. That's it. But this song is credited to Klein and Cornell. That on 12, we've got, what this has to be a rocker. <laughs> Put on your slippers by Klein. You know they were they were thinking about that as the uh, uh, J.R. Smalling was going to use that as the intro. You know, put on your slippers. It's kids. <laughs> uh, get up, get up, and get your grandma out of here, and put on your slippers. Yeah. <laughs> Track thirteen, Sunday Driver. We know that one by Ison. And what do we know that song as, Gary? Right. That that became uh, Let Me Know. Yep. So that's the early version and the early title of Let Me Know. 14, When I Awoke, Klein. Hmm. Track 15, It's a Wonder by Eisen. Track 16, Lover All I Can by Eisen. Of course, we know that. We've heard both the Wicked Lester version and the Kiss version. But damn it, not this one. Right. And now we've got something really interesting here. We've got... Track 17, Moving On, written by Klein and McLaughlin. Uh, Kyle, Ma- Kyle McLaughlin. From, uh, this was uh, right before he started working on Dune. Mm. No, no, it's no, not true. No, 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 it's fake, fake kiss facts. Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't know who McLaughlin is. Do you, do you have any idea who that is? Not at all, not at all. You know, we're not experts on this. I just love finding this stuff. I think it's great. And then we've got a side two with Stanley the Parrot. We know that one. Yeah. Klein. Simple Type, Klein. And Little Lady, written by Klein and Cornell. You know what I love? You know how, and this is not a criticism as much as it's an observation. You know how, like, you ask Gene a question about something and, and, you know, you don't really, he doesn't actually answer it. It's not because he's, like, pivoting or avoiding. It's just, like... He gets so lost in whatever storytelling he's doing, and you just don't find out an answer. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone at one of the recent appearances asked him about, you know, what, like, what is Stanley the Parrot about? So, right, so he talks about, like, he talked, he played a little bit of it. He talked about the chord structure and how it became Strutter. But damn it, I still want to know what the song's about. Yeah, I mean, because it has to be one of the weirdest damn things in the Kiss catalog. But I mean, I don't know if you could consider it part of the Kiss catalog, but you know what I mean. It's under the Kiss catalog umbrella. That's how I look yeah. at it, you know. Yeah. But what a weird song, though. I'm just looking through this to see if there's anything that. God, how many songs are on the damn vault? What is it like, 18 discs or something? Little Lady is on the vault. And that's going blind. Yeah. So Stanley the Parrot, then track 19 is Simple Type, which we do know 
not only did that wind up being uh, a Wicked Lester song, but then it was a it was a cool Wicked Lester song. I really like the Wicked Lester songs, uh, Simple Type, because it's it's one of those where Gene sings the verses in a very Beatlesy voice, and then Paul comes in just ripping through the choruses. We'll we'll play a little bit of that here. It's also a song that was in the set list at the Daisy when Kiss played there. I guess they had sort of a residency there, right? In 1973, they played it, but they made it a much heavier song. I think that the Wicked Lester version works better. That's just my personal opinion. But they switched up like Paul wound up singing the verses, Gene, the choruses. This is really dumb minutia for the obsessed Kiss fan. But here, we'll play a little bit of that here. One, two, three. Disc 11, Put Your Slippers On, is track 162. Oh, that's great. Eskimo Sun is track 164 on Gene Simmons' vault. Put on your black slippers. How cool is it to have a big box set that you're not done working your way through? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's I'm, I'm taking my time with the Gene Simmons box set. Oh, you gotta. Paul, keep looking through those things. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what else he unearths in the Kiss warehouse. Now, just just to just so we can, here's what we all want, because <laughs> we know that you're listening, Paul. We want that you know three disc set of Wicked Lester. We want you know disc one to be these acoustic demos, and discs two and three to be all the recordings that you made for Epic Records. Right? Just just put it out there, or make it uh, an internet thing where you know you have to. I don't know. Ken, you've talked about this sort of business model. You talked to Gene about it, I think. You know how to like how to make it plausible to have something that's downloadable for really major Kiss fans. Well, every other band that is wanting to do this can make it happen. Bruce Springsteen, you can buy concerts from all decades. They're Metallica, same thing. 
it's very simple. You just uh, need to put it out there and let your fans buy it. You know. And you know I'm a you know I'm a toy collector, right, Ken? And we and right. you know there's you know they do this in the toy world where like Mattel has like Maddie Collector is okay. uh right and like uh different you know Hasbro's starting to do this for Star Wars where like it's almost like crowdfunding for for manufacturing toys. Now like the Kiss Army would make this happen. And it wouldn't have to cost an arm and a leg either. It would just be something that, you know, that that's no shade at anyone or anything. But, like, this wouldn't have to be a major investment for anybody. It's just, like, if we get enough people, we put out the recording. Or even if we don't, you know? It's not that – I don't think this is that hard to make this available. But, boy, would we love to hear it. Mm-hmm. It was really cool that Paul's finding this stuff. I look forward to what else is out there, right? Right. You know how – you know how like Gene's always been. And this is only a, a a a compliment. You know how Gene's always been like the nerdiest, the nerdier fanboy of the two, right? Like Gene's like the unabashed fanboy. Like Paul's a fan, and he talks about his fandom of things. Like he'll talk about Led Zeppelin and and so on. But like Paul's always kind of cool when he does it, right? Like Paul's like the cool kid, and Gene's like the goofy nerdy kid that you and I relate to, right? But I love when Paul is a kiss fan. Like I love when Paul talks about, gets excited about kiss stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Cause like not, there's nothing like Paul being a kiss fan, being stoked on kiss. That just makes me happy. I don't, I don't know. Do you, you, you get what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You see the passion and the joy uh, of what they've built. You That's know? it. That's it. And then sometimes, you know, kiss Paul can get heavy about stuff. Like he'll be, he, I don't know. Paul sometimes bums me out when he's a bit dismissive of things they've done because he feels like it wasn't successful or it wasn't, you know, it didn't, it lacked like artistic integrity or or whatever. Like he'll put down the elder, or he'll put down people for liking the elder or whatever. But like, you know, when he digs out a cassette tape like this and waxes nostalgic about it, or or takes some pride in the fact that he and Gene wrote this this body of work, um, again, that makes me happy to be a Kiss fan. Doesn't take much, but th- this will do it. Agreed. Recently, thanks to Julian Gill, we got to see Paul and Gene at the vault in Las Vegas. And it looks like a lot of fun for everybody. And Paul signed everybody's vault. Awesome. He just went through and just did it like, you know, bang, bang, bang. He made sure he signed for everybody. That's pretty cool. He didn't have to do that. Did you happen to watch the the film that, that Julian shot? You know, I didn't get a chance to sit down yet. Just like, you know, we we talk about just wanting to actually sit down, uninterrupted, noise-free, really focus on it. And so I haven't gotten a chance, but, I, you know, what I've read is that it's it was a lot of fun. I caught a snip, I caught snippets, but, like, I want to focus on it, you know? Yeah. First, before Paul comes out, Gene's kind of razzing him and making fun of how he, like, did the Southern Streetwalker kind of talk that he does. You know, like, why, yeah, you know. Yeah. Right. All right. Come in and uh, so he got the song. He goes, uh, 
put your hands on my rocket, grab a tumor, that's good, I really like that, put your hands on my rocket, grab a tumor, rocket, yeah, DJ. Okay, what's my part? Somebody's got to be the driver. I'm going to take you, take you. Well, let me do it my way. Take you. I'm going to break you. You know, men, we're men. I go, no, 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 no. You, you should have to take me. So that's how we record it. I'm there, I'm in the studio holding Take me. And he comes in with another one. Great song. Tonight. Tonight, I want to give it all to you. Oh, that's really good. What's my part? No, no, seriously. What am I going to do? No, no, Gene, your part is... So during the show, I just want you to know how I feel. I'm carrying 40 pounds of armor and stuff, risking my life, no net. Flying up to the truck, doing all kind of out of breath. They call me not the love. I'm a warm bird. All that. Okay, here comes the next song. All right, y'all. Something's got a southern accent. Hey, y'all do. I'm going to get some chickens. Okay, Paul, you know, Gene, you ready? Okay, here we go. Kill me now. Do, do, do. And then when Paul did come out, Gene gave him the biggest hug, and but Gene's hugging Paul, and Paul's like patting him on his shoulder, like, okay, oh, it's all right, okay, all right. <laughs> Paul! 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 So, 
first, when I first met him, I had a high school chum and everything. Where's A? Somebody tune that for you? I didn't bring the entire crew the way he brought Fran and the entire Kiss crew. How many guys you got here? It only takes one person to tune you guitar. <laughs> so I first meet him and I literally thought I was the only guy. Don't you want to put on some shades or something? So I literally thought I was the only guy who could write songs. And uh, I got it and my friend Steve <laughs> at the time said, Oh, he's, he's a great songwriter. And I didn't know, so I must have come off arrogant and said, Go ahead, play something. You? <laughs> so he played this.
chorus to your own fucking song. So, I, I, I was amazed. I couldn't believe it. So, we've had a very strange relationship for so many years. So, no, no joke, no joke. You know, he thinks I say this kind of stuff to him to, you know, just say stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Paul. It's just, Each other, how do you interact with each other? You're like, get out of my way, or good morning, dickhead. 
<laughs> we, I think we tend to stay out of each other's way. Um, there's only so much oxygen in the room. He sucks it all. <laughs> I said that before you got in. <laughs> but you wrote down something. Anything he says that's funny, he stole from me. <laughs> so the quick story is that uh, we were talking about stuff. I ah, only write chickens. You know, like uh, a fuck background. <laughs> each other, although, you know, it still makes up that kiss thing. The two different sides of the same coin kind of thing, although Ace wrote that, two sides of it. So, hey, how long you ever write a chick songs? You know, like, Christine 16. And he, oh, that's kind of good. So I went off and wrote Christine 16, and he said, in essence, hey, all you ever write is monster songs. <laughs> so he went off and wrote down a thunder. And then we're in the studio and Bob just makes these stories up as he oh. <laughs> I listen to the things he says, and I don't know if he's lying or he actually believes what he said. <laughs> that didn't happen? No. <laughs> Who wrote Strutter? Strutter? Are you the bear? Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's stick with God of Thunder. <laughs> It was it was really heartwarming. It was really a nice moment between a bunch of fans and I want to encourage you all to go on YouTube and find this. It's on the Kiss FAQ and Julian has the entire thing up there and he talks a little bit before, but if you want to zip through him, go ahead. It's definitely worth checking out and I really want to thank Julian Gill from the bottom of my heart. I actually, I want to thank everybody out there who records these things because there's been a lot of gold that's come out of it, right? Whether it's a show or one of the vault appearances or whatever, it's been great to share it all. And I want to thank Gene and, and you know the rest of the boys for being pretty cool about people recording this stuff. I mean, I, I guess in the age of the cell phone, there's really kind of no getting around it, but... You know, I loved the fact that at the conventions, you know, they knew that folks were recording it, and I think that they were fine with that. And I really like the fact that they're, you know, they're making that possible for us to see it, you know? Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you to everyone involved. It's really cool. It's, it's great to share this. And uh, one of the other really cool things that's happening is Gene Simmons uh, is doing the vault, and he was in Sweden, Stockholm, and Phil Schaus, Brent Fitz... Jeremy Asbrock and Ryan Cook. The Gene Simmons band has become one of the coolest things that I've ever seen come out of the yeah. umbrella of Kiss. It yeah. just is. And you could see Phil Schaus posted on his own page that the three guys, Ryan, Jeremy, and Phil, went to the ABBA Museum. And <laughs> it was That's a awesome. trip. And Phil actually got to dance and sing with ABBA. There's one of those like hologram projections that you can actually dance and sing with, and he posted that. So the guys had a lot of fun. And not only did they have a lot of fun at the ABBA Museum, they had a lot of fun tearing it up live. There's some excellent footage out there that you can find on YouTube. And the Gene Simmons band Rock Stockholm 
it was just amazing.
And Jeremy Asbrock from the Gene Simmons Band, and you are listening to Podcast. Oh, yeah. Great set list. They played such things as I, War Machine, Fits Like a Glove, It's My Life. Just so many songs that you don't get to hear in a regular 
Kiss setting, right? Well, and, yeah, and what it reminds me the most of that I that was was also awesome, I think, was around 2004 when the Tommy and Eric lineup first started, right? Or like when they, you know, when that became the lineup, right? Um, and you had these two people uh, in the band who clearly were fans going back a long ways, and Kiss really stirring up the set list so that it would, you know, there'd be something from the 90s, you'd have something from the 80s here and there, and and so on, and that's. Uh, that's what the Gene Simmons band is doing because clearly these are people who love the music, the whole catalog and want to mix it in there. So much appreciated. And they do, they do the material justice. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, here's Gene Simmons singing. She's so European to a bunch of Europeans. <laughs> and this is live from Grona Lund, Stockholm, 2018. It's about you. Sweden is in Europe. Not that girl, she's from Finland. But that chick is from Sweden. And she is so European!
YouTube, do a search. There's some tremendous footage out there. And this, this band is just fun all the way around. Yeah. And they look like they're having a good time, too. Yeah. Gene Simmons is no slouch, right? He's a better bass player than he gets credit for. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's really interesting because in some of the songs that he's playing, he's doing some like runs and stuff that yeah. you never heard him do while he's in Kiss for the most part. But these guys, they stand toe-to-toe with Gene. They're, uh, oh, yeah. they're as colorful, and it's so much fun. It's no, it's a, a real blast. rock band. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a real legit band, and it isn't like you know the Gene Simmons show with these people right. in the background either. Yeah, and Gene lets them have their time. Like yeah. everybody compliments one another in that sense. That it's it's a it's a unit. You know. You know who is like that always? I think is McCartney. Yeah, exactly. This is very much like McCartney's band, where everybody gets a moment to shine. And, you know, like you said, it's a real rock band. Gene would say, it's a real meat and potatoes band. It's a real (laughs) meat and potatoes rock band. God damn, dude. Like, I'm so glad that you got to do your Gene Simmons for Gene Simmons and that he appreciated it because it is – it's still eerie. Like, after all these years of being your friend – and hearing it a million times, it still blows my mind when you lapse into Gene Simmons, not Gene Simmons. Well, thank you very much, Gary. It's insane. Um, yeah, it was neat doing this three times within a year's span to Gene to actually get to <laughs> do it. And uh, now when I do it, he like looks around the room like, look at this guy. Check him out. Isn't this funny? Look at this guy. Yeah. So thank you, Gene, for not crushing me. There you go. So they played Fits Like a Glove, and, and you and I were talking earlier about this song. We, 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 uh-huh. There's a lot to say about Fits Like a Glove, isn't there? Oh, there's tons. Personally, I think that everybody talks about how sexist and misogynist some lyrics can be and stuff like that. But I'm going to argue that this song, to Gene Simmons, is about as romantic as your average Disney film. This is really Gene Simmons' Cinderella, when you think about it. Right. Fits right. like a glove is Gene Simmons' Cinderella, right? And 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 let's you know let's think about this, right? So you know let's take let's take Cinderella, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have you have you know the the songs people know, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which a, a, which would be a very dirty Gene Simmons song, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Bibbidi sure. Bobbidi Boo, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, and then we have a dream is a wish your heart makes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, in and of itself could easily be, uh, it's like, you know, when you wish upon a star in a lot of ways, right? But it's not that, it's not that romantic. Right. A dream is right. a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep. Okay, yeah. fine. Decent. I'd rather wish upon a star. Thank you. Exactly. Right. So if you go to, I mean, everyone, you know, again, everybody just assumes Cinderella, very romantic, all that stuff. But let's break down Fits Like a Glove. Well, we'll also break down like the Disney movies, right? Because like, think about it. Everybody in the Disney movies are the best-looking people. Like, you can be a fat old person, and you'll be like the guy mopping up stuff in the background, or the idiot who's the shoe guy, or whatever. <laughs> right. But but you're, you you don't get the hero spot. You don't get the girl. You don't get the guy, right? Not not generally, yeah. Yeah. Every, like you have flawless skin, you're the perfect one, everyone else is a schmuck in the town. There's only yeah. two people, and one of them happens to be royalty nine times out of ten. So the Disney films are classist. And we'll, we'll get into how Gene is not. So let's take a look at the lyrics <laughs> of the romantic opus, Fits Like a Glove, or I'm going to call Gene Simmons' Cinderella, right? 
Uh, yes, and uh, I, I would we should we should do. Uh, I'd like to hear our, you know, masterpiece theater kind of music in the background, like we did with um, Burn Bitch Burn. All right, Maestro. It starts off with Ain't a Cardinal Sin, Baby Let Me In, Girl I'm Gonna Treat You Right. So he's got only her best interest in heart. Right, he's he's asking. Yeah, and he's, He's, he's like, look, sex is not a bad thing. No. Well, goodness sakes, my snake's alive, and it's re- it's ready to bite. Right, right. Right. Now, that's kind of scary for the uninitiated. But, you know. Yeah, but, you know, it. Um, I mean, I think that this promotes kind of an openness to, um, you know, to, to looking at our friends in the animal kingdom. Well, Gene definitely fits that as going by the animalized theme, you know. Yes. Even though this is on Lick It Up, which that's a whole other discussion. Hornet's nest, lay me down to rest. Who I want to shed my skin. So what he's he's like getting comfortable, right? He's laying right. himself down to rest. He's saying that he's kind of a multi-layered guy, and he's yeah. inviting he's inviting you to get to know him better. Like I want to shed my skin. I want to like show you the real me. The snake is alive and it wants to relax and shed its skin. Right. I've got the urge to merge, and you're as cold as ice. Right? Like why are you being so? Why are you rejecting me? Baby, won't you let me in? Now this next thing is, I don't know what to make of it. What what is this? I know it's uh, night scenes, wet dreams, enough to make you drool. Mm-hmm. So right. she's we're definitely not the most poised girl in town. We're talking about a man who will love you even if you have like overactive salivary glands, like right. at night. Right? Like maybe it's a problem. Maybe you're congested. Maybe you have allergies. Maybe it's dry where you live, and you know you're breathing through your mouth at night. We who hasn't woken up to slightly damp pillows? Right. I know I have. That's true. I shared a, a room with you in uh, Nashville, so yeah. Right. You had to wring those pillows out every night. That's right. And fire, fire, fire for the fuel. So that it's a callback to logging the fireplace, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A call forward. Yeah, I, I, ooh, there you go. It's, it's a call forward. That's to what it. to what would come. Don't like to, what is it like? Don't like to don't like dress. to dress. Talk too good, but I found my queen. So this is one of the things that makes fits like a glove more relatable than any Disney romantic film like Cinderella. Right. Because she could be a commoner. She doesn't have to be a princess. She doesn't have to be royalty. She doesn't have to even dress well or even talk too well. Like, this is something that... Imagine if you're watching My Fair Lady. This right. would be like that guy falling in love with Eliza Doolittle, right? Exactly. Yeah, but in this in this version, she's Eliza Doolot. Exactly. <laughs> right? That's the difference. So she, she she doesn't like to dress up. She doesn't like to talk well. But right. Jean's found his queen. Right, and that kind of goes into the whole, like, you know, anti-classism thing, right? Exactly. So Jean is not classist. He's he's actually, He will love anyone. It doesn't matter if you're the, the, the hotel maid that's coming in to clean up his room. Right. Well, because he's not too clean, but he knows what he likes if you know what he means. Yeah. But he's he's actually elevating this woman to royalty. Yes, all kinds of things are being elevated in this song. Yeah. 
not only that, but she wins the prize. Baby, baby, guess you win the prize. Right. I wonder if right. she's getting a vault. Oh, probably. Yeah, this really foreshadowed that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, where the sun never shines. So this is, again, about, I think, the underclass. Like how, you know, for a lot of people, like, living sort of in the lower, the like, the lower strata of um, of society, right? Where the sun, like, because, you know, people in their ivory towers, they always enjoy the, the sunshine. But this is about... Like you said, commoners. Mm-hmm. It must it must be love. Well, wait a second. Hold on. So where the sun never shines, we're also talking about where she might have nothing to lose. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, you kind of s- sneak that in the back there. Yep. So yep. just like Cinderella, you know, they had to try the, the shoe on. Just like in Cinderella, they had to try the slipper on all the women in town, right? Which brings us back to that acoustic demo tape, right? Yes. Uh huh. Put on your slippers. There you go. <laughs> so just as once the princess was able to put her foot into the slipper, and that would be true love, this must be love because it fits like a glove. Right, exactly. It must be love. It must be love. Fits like a glove. Right. It's not something that you say once to somebody. Well, this is love, right? Uh huh. It must be. Yeah. Now, our good friends over at Pot of Thunder, they say that almost any time the word love is mentioned in a Kiss song, you can substitute the word dick. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Right, but that would really change the meaning of this song. Yeah. You know? Well, not really really because it does fit like a glove. So it's a a good fit. But we see what this song's really about. I think we're looking a little deeper. No yeah, this offense, is a, guys. This is no offense, this is Pot of Thunder, guys. This you, is romance. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it must be love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feel the heat, driver's seat. Now, are they talking about maybe it's one of those heated car seat things? I think it's a carriage, like the one that turns into a pumpkin at midnight. Ah, there you go. My blessing is my curse. So now we're looking at something that may lend itself to like Beauty and the Beast. The fallibility of man is really explored in depth here because, as with most things, you know, hubris gets in the way, and, and, and you know, those things of which we are most proud tend to be our greatest failing. Did you say the fallibility? The fuck the fallib, the fallibility of man. <laughs> fallibility? The phallic, the phallic abilities of Gene yeah. are explored in depth in this song. And he thinks he's gonna burst, he's gonna burst, he's gonna burst. That's how much he loves her. Yeah. His heart is just full of love. It's gonna burst. Yeah. Night scenes wet dreams enough to make you drool. Fire, fire, fire for the fuel. Right. Ooh, baby. Babe, fits like a glove. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fits like a glove. Now here's where we get into sort of a culinary angle. Mm-hmm. And you can think about it. Maybe this song really influenced Paul, uh, for you know, to get involved in in, in cooking. <laughs> Possibly. Sure. Because when right. I go through her, it's just like a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So this really, he's he's getting through to her heart. Isn't yeah. that what you'd say? I'm glad you understand this song. Yeah. It just shows what a romantic guy Gene Simmons is deep down. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, a real stand-up dude. 
and he's willing to share his love. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, this is one of those few, really relatively few gene songs from the 80s material, the 80s non-makeup material that that stayed in rotation all through uh I think the up to and including the Hot in the Shade tour, if I'm not mistaken. They did play this on that tour. I do believe, right? Starting yep. from Look It Up and then all the way through that. Mm-hmm. And who can blame them? Yeah. It's a beautiful romantic song. Fits like a glove. So he's, you know, it's basically like taking a hot knife and going through the butter of her heart. He's <laughs> melting her heart and anywhere else it needs melted. Uh, I also I'm, wonder if this has anything to do with that Marlon Brando film from the 70s. Which, sorry, which one is this? The Last Tango in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, after penetrating her heart like a hot knife through butter, uh-huh. baby, you win the prize. So, you know, where the sun never shines, it must be love. It fits like a glove. So I argue that this song is as romantic as Disney's Cinderella or any of those other princess movies. This is a prince finding his princess after trying on every other princess. He finally right. found true love, and it fits sure, like he, a glove. He's the foot. Well, you know, because remember Johnny Cochran said that if it, if it don't fit, you must acquit. Johnny the Cock Cochran. As he was known. <laughs> yeah. Right. <sighs> anyway, so without further ado, from Stockholm, 2018, June, the mighty Gene Simmons Band, the world's most dangerous band. Check it out live. Named after Brett Fitz, by the way. Fitz like That's a glove. It. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to get to that. Come on, how do you say what's up? We got a million Stockholmian people here. I speak Canadian, what am I supposed to say? Hey, would you do a song with my name in it? Idea. Oh, his name is Fitz. Okay. Let's do Fitz Like and Love!
great so really it's all about love it's that's what we're about here at podcast it's all about the love and putting on slippers yeah slipping on slippers that fit like a glove i wonder if you ever get gloves that fit like slippers Ooh, it Uh, must be slippers fits like a slipper it must be love fits like a slipper do you think when Gene Simmons puts on a glove, like an actual glove, he, he's ever like, wow, this feels like – it feels really penis-y? Ah, <laughs> uh, the two dumbasses. You know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> do, you when, do you think when Gene Simmons like sits in front of a fireplace and someone puts a log in there, he's like, wow, it's just like sex? <laughs> Is this just how he sees the world? Yep. Like, do we have to, do we have to just accept the fact that like – you know, it's one thing, you know, we can dismiss this as like, these are really cheesy 80s um, Coxman lyrics. But what if this is really just his worldview? Like, you know, I don't know. I, like, I, if you could go through any of these songs, right? Like, um, uh, any of these, uh, what do you call it? Like, metaphors or whatever. Like, this is just... Gene's worldview. This is, Gene, this is Gene's worldview, right? Please leave in my penis joke. I will. All right, so what else is coming up? Hey, you're going to Nashville? 
it's always yeah. great hanging out with you and you know it's going to be great to hang out with you again in person in Nashville. Awesome. And not only that, we want to hang out with people like Bill Elam. We want to hang out with other people who he says he wants to have a diet Dr. Pepper with me while nice. we're at the Rock and Pod. Yeah. So, so if you would like to come out and have a diet Dr. Pepper with me, I will drink one with you. I will have a diet ginger ale with you. Excellent. Well, come on out and hang out with us. You're going to get to hang out with everybody that's on all the shows that we're part of. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. And here's where you can meet us in August in Nashville at Rock and Pod 2018. Rock and Pod 2018 boasts appearances by rock stars, record producers, vinyl and memorabilia vendors, and on-air personalities from over two dozen of your favorite rock podcasts and more. Rock-themed panel discussions will take place throughout the event. Plus, if you buy your ticket now, you get access to a private Facebook group with exclusive audio from the participating podcast. Tickets to the Rockin' Pod 2018 Expo are available now for just $10. You can get the info online at www.nashvillerockandpodexpo.com. That's rock and pod with an N. And you can donate $50 or more to be a guest on an upcoming episode of the podcast. And if you're interested in our podcast exclusive perks, get a hold of us on the podcast Facebook page or by email at zilchorders at gmail.com. Zilchorders at gmail.com. We want to meet you at the Rock and Pod 2018. August 25th at the Nashville Palace in Nashville, Tennessee. Get your tickets or claim your perk today. You'll get to meet Matt from the Kiss Room. You'll get to meet the gang from Podcast Rock City, Ages of Rock, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Ralph and Ian, Brian Cramp from the Rock and or Roll Podcast, Cheap Talk, and Podkissed, Decibel Geek, and so many others, Cobras and Fires, just too many to name. Come see me, Courtney, Gary, and Christine the Button Queen. We'll all be there. We'll be representing all of our shows. We will see you at the Rockin' Pod 2018, August 25th at the Nashville Palace in Nashville, Tennessee. Once again, go to www.nashvillerockandpodexpo.com. We love Chris Sinzak, and we love everybody that's going to be at the Rockin' Pod 2018 it's going to be fantastic hope to see you there scott parker who does the zappa cast longtime listener and he said some really cool stuff about the podcast and myself and you and everybody he, he said that basically we kind of started the long form rock and roll discussion podcast right oh geez thank and, you and i thought that was really cool that he said that I'm not sure that it's 100% true, but, you know, we, we even if you take just the KISS podcast, like, right. I'm going to say this, and, and we've thought this, like, there was a time when we could have looked at everybody as competition, but instead we look at it as everybody doing their own version of the podcast, right? Right. And that doesn't make it any less or any more. It just makes that it's all part of the thing like like it could all be released as one thing right the podcast and here's podcast rock city and here's history science theater it's all it's all same band yeah same same band 
Yeah. Same fan base. Uh, and I, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. We always go back to this, you and I, is like, you know, when you see the perennial discussions on message boards, like, let's take out five songs from Hot in the Shade. You know, like, why would you want less of a thing right. that you like? Right. Yep. You know, like, why would you want like, there's only got to be one or two Kiss podcasts? No way, man. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of it next. And I'm looking forward to it for, for every time one show drops, you know, another three pop up in its place. So who knows what will happen? But uh, and we're hoping that people listening to this episode will get inspired to make their own Disney podcasts. Yeah, about romance films like <laughs> Burn, Bitch, Burn. And right. It's like a glove. How romantic. Exactly. Well, we will see you on the next podcast. It's it's always good to have you back, Gary. I know sometimes you can't make it, but I'm glad you're here today. Love you, brother, and I'm happy to be here. All right. We will see you all out there. Be good to one another. Hell yeah. We will yes. see you. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podkist is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkist crew, thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears. I am far from over. Yo. Hey, what's up? What's going on, dude? Nothing too much. You got a topic? Because if, if not, I do. Oh, we could do both. Well, what's, uh, what, I... what's your topic? I want to talk about KISS merchandise, stuff that we wanted, stuff that we had, and stuff that never got made. Okay. And I want to dive into the old stuff. I want to talk, I mean, really about toys, toys and cards and, and games and stuff. Oh, we're great at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, we are amateurs. Yeah, I make all the sex sounds with my mouth afterwards. <laughs> Squish. Ooh. This place is nice. Right? I'm glad you wore your nice flip-flops. Stay frosty, man. Okay.